0: Just go to indeed.com slash Blue Wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's indeed.com slash Bluewire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Hello, everybody. Welcome in. Tripper Lane here for LakersNation.com, as well as the NBA front office show. That's right, this is a simulcast. We're going both places here, Lakers Nation and the NBA front office show, all at the same time because. We have an early trade to announce. That's right. We do have a trade. Kyrie Irving, no, not headed to the Lakers, but there's still plenty of Lakers related stuff that we need to discuss here. Instead, going to the Dallas Mavericks. Keith Smith joining me, as always, on the NBA front office show. Keith, oh, boy. I, I told her. I, I, we talked about this on the show on Friday. I was planning to make a Costco run sometime this weekend. I said, at some point, while I'm trying to make this trip to Costco, which is never a short trip, something big is going to happen. Sure enough, there I am, walking down the aisle. Kyrie Irving goes to Dallas.
2: It was fate. It was going to happen. Not only that, you and I texted – this afternoon and said should we do a show where we're like just breaking down why it's only a two year yep. extension that he can sign and all, all those things that were related to that and you know what it could look like and we said yeah we'll, we'll do a show a little later today there's no rush and then you said yeah i'm headed off to costco and i said oh well now he's definitely gonna get traded oh yep. uh, it's so great you can't beat it man and i was rocking out to the Mega Man music That's get right. the Mega Man right. music the trade drop let's go Go!
1: <laughs> this is... Okay, so, Keith, let me let me start with this. And those of you coming in and joining the chat, we will get to the Super Chats. We may not be able to get to all of them. I will be doing another Lakers Nation-specific podcast tonight. Any Super Chats we don't get to, I will get to on, on that show. But just let, let's break down this deal, because my initial reaction... I saw the reaction on, on Twitter, on social media, was, oh, my God, the, the, Net, the uh, Nets traded him for nothing what a terrible return. I didn't feel that way. I thought, okay, the nets got like a pretty decent return given the circumstances. So what is the deal? What are the specifics of the trade?
2: All right. So as we understand and let's be very clear with this, things could change slightly here, right? Sometimes we see slight changes made, but as of right now, it sounds like this is just a two team deal. Uh, So it is going to be the Dallas Mavericks get Kyrie Irving and Markeith Morris. The Brooklyn Nets will get Spencer Dinwiddie And Dorian Finney-Smith They're also going to get the Mavericks 2029 first round pick That is the furthest out pick that Dallas could trade. They are also going to get a 2027 Dallas second round pick and a 2029 Dallas second round pick. The reason we know those are all picks from Dallas is those are the only picks Dallas owns that in those years uh, that they're sending. So so we know that that's what they're sending. So Spencer Dinwiddie, Dorian Finney-Smith, a first two seconds for Kyrie Irving and Markeith Morris. That's the full deal uh, as we know it right now. I, I wouldn't expect major changes because Sounds like this will only be a two-team straight uh trade, but but that's where we're at for the moment.
1: Okay. So that's what's in what's in the deal here. Uh the nets clearly were prioritizing win now pieces. Do you like that in
2: in terms of what they were were getting? I like is maybe a little too strong. I, I don't hate it for the Nets. I the Nets were never going to get this incredible haul in, in a trade for Kyrie Irving. One, there's just far too much risk with, with him. Even if he were eligible to sign a full max extension with another team, there's still that sense of, is he going to be happy here? Is something mm-hmm. else going to happen that caused him to miss time? And that's before you get to the fact that he's a small guard who's on the wrong side of the 30. That is still a thing that people you know do worry about in the league. And he has a long lengthy injury history of things that have kept him out of the lineup for years now from Cleveland to Boston to Brooklyn. So you put all that together, then you combine it with the, he can be a free agent, and he said, I'm leaving anyway at the end of the the season. And then the reporting this morning of he might have shut it down for the year if he wasn't traded, the Nets really had as little leverage as you can have. So they get a starting point guard back in Spencer Dinwiddie. That's pretty good. And Spencer is a pretty good player. And they got a really good wing, a defensive-minded yeah. wing. On a Dorian great deal. Smith. Yeah. On a yeah, on a very nice contract. And that's even with it with a very minor five percent trade bonus factored in for him, plus his numbers up a little bit, but not enough that it's gonna really be noticeable or change the terms of his deal all that much. So I, I think he did okay getting the one first. The important thing is you got it way down the line. That could be post Luka years in yes. Dallas if everything goes sideways. So you like kind of having that sit out there uh, with that. The two seconds are whatever. That's just kind of the throw in there. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't I don't know that I like it for the Nats. I don't know that it was going to like any return they were going to get uh, yeah. out, out of this just because of the situation they're in. But I don't hate it. I think they probably did about as good as they could do here.
1: Now, I think there's there's a lot of Lakers fans right now that are upset about the, you know, the Lakers not pulling this deal um, Is Dorian Finney-Smith On his own worth a first round pick In terms um, of value
2: Boy that's a good question Maybe it's, it's probably Maybe like a top 20 protected Or something like that Like one of those ones Where if you're a contender You add him in hopes of Hey we're going to get him And make a real run If not then I think it'll Be one of those things where Hey if it all falls apart on us We're still okay with this So yeah p- potentially I, It's close
1: so what, what I'm getting at is the Lakers have two unprotected firsts. That's essentially their offer, right, with Russell Westbrook. And you can view him as a negative asset. You can view him as just a, a contract, but whatever you want. Um, obviously, Russ was not the piece that the Nets were looking for. They're looking for win-now pieces they can put with Kevin Durant. Mm-hmm. If I'm the Nets, I would prefer this deal as well. I, if I'm trying to look at it from their perspective, yeah, I would I rather so. go to Kevin Durant and say, hey, we're getting you a three and D-Wing. And we'll talk about Kevin Durant in a minute, but we're getting you a three and D-Wing. We're getting you another guard who can score plus some future assets that we can uh, move in another deal, potentially something like that over here's Russell Westbrook and two first round picks. Um, But if Dorian Finney Smith by himself is worth roughly a first, you add in Spencer Dinwiddie, whatever his value may be plus Mm -hmm. an unprotected first in the future, plus a second. I'm saying value wise, then the Mavs offer and the Lakers reported offers not, and the Lakers reportedly only offered one first, but even if the Lakers went and put both first in the Mavs offer is comparable. This isn't like the Nets took a drastically lower offer and they got pieces that can help them win right now. So I'm saying, I, I, I don't look at this and go, Oh my gosh, the, the, the Nets, what are they doing or anything like that? I think this is a a pretty decent value and they got guys that can help them win at the moment. And that's, that's going to be critical. Now, Chris Haynes did put out there recently that just the last few minutes, that the Phoenix Suns are interested <laughs> in trading for Kevin Durant. I mean, is this is this just one of those, well, of course, moments? Like, couldn't he also... He could put out, you know, the Orlando Magic are prepared to try to trade for Kevin, sure. Kevin Durant if he becomes available, right? I mean, any team would, yeah. would want that. But and is this guess, suggesting that KD may actually be available?
2: Yeah, and my guess is because it's Chris. Chris doesn't, doesn't deal in speculation Correct. like that. So my guess is... He probably has some sense of, at the very least, the Suns thinking maybe, hey, we can make another run at KD. But it it really is all contingent on if the Nets say, yeah, we're good. We're, we're ready to move now. It's just, it's really hard. It, the reason you don't see trades like this made in season is because rarely when a guy starts making 40 to $50 million or more, it's hard to deliver back matching salaries without okay. it getting complicated and turning into a roster issue of two, three, four guys. Like my guess, Markeith Morris was very likely put into this deal out of the sense of, Hey, we're just throwing him in there to balance the rosters. Yeah. They, they balance the trade out two for two and go. Cause I don't, I don't know that he has a huge amount of value to Dallas. So that doesn't make a ton of sense um, for them, why they would really want him. They've got a million other bigs that they play regularly. Um, and he's, At this point, he's really an end of the bench kind of big. And for Brooklyn, it's probably like, hey, can you take it so we don't have to just eat his salary in a two for one kind of situation if we need the roster spot later or whatever the situation is with that? So my guess is with KD, it's yeah, I would imagine everybody who pursued him over the summer is probably having a meeting right now saying, all right, so the Kyrie deal's done. It wasn't some kind of mega return. So what are we prepared if, if Sean Marks makes it known, Hey, we're listening on KD or KD makes it known again of like, mm-hmm. I don't want to be here now. Yeah. What are we prepared to offer up? So that's a that's definitely a conversation happening in basically every front office right now because yeah, you, you have to. It's Kevin Durant. You have to at least say, Hey, well, what are we willing to, to do? You know, in a trade for Kevin Durant. You can knock probably 15 teams immediately off the list that they're not going to realistically go there, but yeah. you still have a sense of, Hey, if, if, you know, it's open there, I think what's fascinating about this is anytime there's a trade, your immediate thoughts become the teams involved, but then you go right into this kind of trade had a lot of fallout. Cause you had a handful of teams lining up for, Hey, we're trying to make a run at Kyrie Irving. We're trying to mm-hmm. go go get him if we can. And it's funny because I I tweeted this yesterday morning, um, and I didn't expect it to go quite this quick. But I was talking to people on uh, Friday and in into Saturday morning. Everybody's like, "This is going to happen quick because whoever does this is going to want to be able to do something else next to to see yep. what else they they need to do and those kind of things." And if you're Dallas, you're kind out and like, all right, we got Kyrie and Luca?" We've still got some other problems. We don't really have much defense left on this team. Like, is that going to be a, a further trade for them? And if you're Brooklyn, you might be looking at it and saying, all right, we've got a whole lot of forwards now that we got to figure out how we're going to play them all. Like, what do we want to do here? You know, can we rebalance in another trade down the line? Does this cause Kevin Durant? So, so that's what really makes this fun is there's a lot of fallout to come yeah. beyond the two teams involved.
1: And this is going to alter how things play out for the remainder of our time here before the trade deadline, which is coming up on Thursday, uh, mm-hmm. 3 o'clock Eastern time. You and I, we're going to go live uh, during that time on over on the front office yep. show. Uh, by the way, if you're, if you're in for Lakers Nation and you haven't checked out the NBA front office show, please make sure you do. Um, Keith and I break down the entire league over there on the NBA front office show. So make sure you guys do check that out. But I, I do want to address this because people are... This we started to, and look, Keith, we started to hear I texted this to you last night. We were starting to hear behind the scenes that the Lakers were moving away from a deal with with Kyrie. Um, the L.A. Times put out a piece explaining that the Lakers were concerned that Kyrie wouldn't do the two year extension that the Lakers could offer. That instead, he wants a four year deal. Um, there were look, there's a reason why Kyrie didn't want to stay with the Brooklyn Nets because they wouldn't give him that four-year deal. Mm -hmm. And so the Lakers aren't the only team that was worried about potentially giving Kyrie Irving a four-year contract, making that kind of commitment. And it's not just the contract. It's not just the money. Keith, in order for Kyrie to get a four-year deal after he's traded, that means he has to hit free agency. Exactly. Right? Which that carries with it a risk. Oh my gosh, Dallas. Imagine if... Kyrie, things don't go well with Kyrie and Luka over the next few months, and Kyrie gets to free agency in July and says, you know what, I'm going to be open to options. That's that's a scary thought. That is the risk that the Mavs are taking, and that's the risk that any team trading for Kyrie would have had to take. Not only do you have to be willing to give him that four-year, $200 million contract, but you're also risking the fact that Kyrie Irving can walk away this summer, assuming he is still unwilling to do that two-year extension.
2: Yeah, so let's do a couple couple things off of that because I think there's been a lot of – what our, our slow leisurely Sunday plan was to <laughs> record a show just about – To get through the, all that. Yeah, to get through the idea of like, hey, why can't he extend for the full max right now? The reason why is in the NBA, there there's a thing called extending trade rule. And what happens is this is it's a two-way street in the extend and trade One is if a player is extended and traded They are extremely rare It's like Carmelo Anthony and Kevin Garnett are like the only two in recent years to do one Um, And those were forever ago Um, But what happens is you can only add two two years onto the current deal Because it can only extend the deal out to three total years And then you can only get 5% raises So It's extremely small amounts of money. Now, if you trade for a player on that and you, you, you try and you don't do an extended trade, you cannot extend them for more than what is allowable by an extended trade for six months. So in this case, because Kyrie was going to be traded some point in February, six months from now is well after the start of free agency. So at that point, that's why he would have gone into free agency. Now, at, let's go a little bit deeper. So for Kyrie, it became hey, the most any team trading for him could do was it really was about two years and 80 million. Well, it's it's a little complicated because there's there's base year salary stuff on that trade bonus things. But let's just call it two years eighty million, just to make it easy, because it's in that range. That's not enough for him because that's well below his his first year max salary oh. next year projects to be 46.9 million. So you're leaving considerable money, both in terms of just even two year to two year deal on the table, as well as you're leaving gears on the table. I already talked about he's a guard on the wrong side of 30 and a small guard at that with a lengthy injury history. You know, he wants to do his best to lock in four years at least in a deal. Now, the Nets could have had. None of this stuff happened. They could have extended him for four years, giving him a 20% raise off his current salary, and then 8% raises on the years after that. And you go from there. So, and even that would have been, I would have to run the math, but that starts to get in the range of like, is that really enough? Like, is that, would, would that have pushed him to where he wanted to be? Everything was always kind of leaning towards Kyrie, was probably, unless he got a four year extension from the Nets for the full yeah. max amount. Probably leaning towards free agency last thing i'll say here on this is if you're dallas this is far lesser of a idea in this trade but your hope is we get Kyrie, and i know people are tweeting the uh arrested development uh right, yeah. out there of like <laughs> it's it never worked, worked for, for anybody people. else yeah but yep. well, why won't it work for us right which is fun right um but your hope is this works out great and Luke and Kyrie become, you know, the tandem that you've been looking for and off you go. But if it doesn't and Kyrie says, you know what, this didn't work. Or Dallas is like, yeah, we're, we, we blew it. We don't want this at the very least. What you did, if you're the Mavericks is you cleared away salary obligations of uh, let's uh do this right now about 34 and dollars uh mm-hmm. for dinwiddie and finney smith for next season
0: we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data
2: yeah we're not doing a extension with curse wood we're gonna let him move on as well you're in the range now of they could play max contract uh for somebody in free agency and that's not something they could have ever hoped to sure. do uh previous to this so now that's, so that's if just, Kyrie walks, though yeah that's if Kyrie walks and they're like this didn't work out or he doesn't want to be there so if you're Dallas, you're at least a little protected in that sense of mm-hmm. it's not like we're locked in forever on this contract and we just going to live with whatever it is. You are at least, well, we could hit a really pretty hard reset on this thing if we really wanted to. Then it's no. talking like you moved first and two seconds to dump some salary, but in salary that probably didn't need dumped. But it is it. It's it's, at it's least a silver lining. Kind of yeah, it's like a, it's like a you know door number two kind of yeah. kind of thing for the Mavs.
1: Contrast that with the situation the Lakers would be in had they taken that gamble, and then Kyrie walked. After you pay Rui Hachimura, you're looking at twenty twenty four million in cap space, and you've lost your first, and maybe you've given up some of your young players. It's a pretty cataclysmic if Kyrie, if you make this swap and you take that chance, and Kyrie walks in free agency.
2: Yeah, I mean, they still would have been sitting on their thirty million or twenty million if they signed Hachamore or whatever right. it would have been right. But yeah, but now you're out. Really, you're only two major tradable assets, which are your two first round picks down the line. So, I it's funny, you know, this is where people accuse me of being a Kyrie hater, and that's fine. <laughs> I'll own that, right? I'm not going to let that uh, dissuade me from the way I think. I don't lo- I did not love the idea of the Lakers making this move. To begin with, I told you that I think on the show. And then yeah, I told you that we talk privately, about it. for sure. I, I, I just, I don't know that it was the right move. Cause I feel like the Lakers need three pretty good players over like one star player. And I know that's not how the NBA works, right? We always talk about you traded three quarters for a dollar, four quarters for a dollar, whatever it is in those senses. I just, I feel like they have been in this, in the place of, um, they've done the three-star thing it didn't Mm -hmm. go great because because what killed them was not having the depth so i really feel like there was a chance there to, uh if you don't do this you still have all you have all the other options available to that you had uh yesterday even this morning and you can still make one of those deals if you want to and try to go so I, i don't know that that was the absolute like dominant locked-in deal that people were making it out to be because I think they still would have been very small yeah. uh, they would have been still very guard heavy I, I just I, I don't know it, it just it, it never felt fully right for me
1: so I think he's a I think the for Lakers fans he is a better fit than Russell Westbrook is and that's and that's the the bar yeah. that you're clearing right? yeah he's that a, he, I can he's, he's, he's a much better fit there but sure. but you're right though you you did say that when I when I texted you last night I said hey we're starting to hear that this is probably not going to happen. Um, and that's what I put out on the Lakers nation YouTube channel last night that it was looking like it probably was. And then and the LA times, had confirmed that um, you, that's what you said. We say this, this might, you know, you might be, this might actually be a benefit for the Lakers. So let, let me get into some of our super chat questions here. Sure. Uh, again, those of you who are given super chats, let me say it again for anybody who's come in since we started the show. Um, I know we're not going to get through all of the super chats, but I will record a full length Lakers nation specific podcast tonight. And, and get to any of them that we don't get to in this one. Again, it won't be a live show, but I'm going to save any of them. So don't worry, I will get to all of those uh, this evening. But Tyler says, and this is pretty indicative of, of a lot of Lakers fans I've seen right now, saying, Fire Palenka, I've never seen such a collapse by a storied big market franchise like this in my life. The front office is a disaster. Now, he said, now obviously, there's plenty of frustration there, but trade both picks unprotected for Freddie, meaning Fred Van Vliet, and Gary Trent Jr. That's another rumor that's been out there that perhaps the Toronto Raptors may want to move on from those players. Is that a reasonable pivot for the Lakers to turn their attention to Toronto? Again, we've been talking about how much uh the, the trade market in general is keeping their eye on Toronto to see what they do. Should though should the Lakers pivot to those two targets?
2: Yeah, I think that that is reasonable to to kind of make that where you're looking to go. I I don't know that that's necessarily going to be enough for Toronto. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, if they're just basically saying, hey, we don't want the issue of having to pay either one of these guys – This summer and we want to basically Kind of hit a reset of our own As much as we can sure Because then essentially they're not going to Resign those two guys anyway you're getting two First round picks for nothing because Not to be rude to the Raptors but their season's Not going anywhere now I mean they're They're far enough out of this thing that it's not Even if you make a run of the play in tournament I don't think you're feeling great Beyond that so yeah if they've Dead that's where their pivot is now The trade both picks on protected part they almost have to be traded unprotected because you run into the, the seven year rule on protecting picks. So we got to be really like smart about the way we think about that is, is it it would be, you could protect the 2027 pick. Yes, It just gets kind of messy. I think the question becomes is what it becomes bigger is if you need to plus up that offer at all, Do you have to do 27, 28 swap rights and 29 if you have to plus up an offer? Because I think if you're Toronto, what what my question is, is can we do better trading these two guys separately?
1: Yes. Could you split
2: them? Yeah. If I split them up into two deals, can I do better with that in terms of players and picks and whatever the combinations are? So that's where it gets a little tricky. Yeah, I think. Just because of where the the respective franchises are, I think the Utah combinations that have been thrown out there, and there's a million different ones, I I think those are maybe a little more realistic, but I I, I get it where people are saying, you know, hey, all right, fine. And you know what, I appreciate the people who are not, hey, let's wallow and scream about how bad everything sucks. Let's move on to whatever the next thing is. Right. Hey, I mean, I know he started all caps with Fire Planka, so I get that. One, <laughs> but it's, um, you know, but, but, you know, Hey, he, he moved on pretty quickly and said, all right, what can we do? So why not?
1: Yeah. Like this one, Vanessa and Hunter says, it's not that big of a deal pivot and get something else done with depth. Um, th- and that would be the, be the ideal. I mean, mm-hmm. we're going to have, potentially you could talk about something with Utah. Our, our pal Jake Fisher had out there that the deal would be Mike Conley um, Malik Beasley and Jared Vanderbilt. Potentially, that's a, a trio that you could target. And then you're looking more for that depth sort of situation. I oh, like um, That's great for the Lakers. Yeah.
2: If you do that, I, I'm all over that. And it's, you know, it, what, like, it's funny. Somebody just said Keith wants the Lakers to make that terrible Utah trade so bad. What is terrible about that? You're getting a really solid veteran point guard and Mike Conley who is used to playing off the ball. You're getting Malik Beasley who's probably the best wing shooter available um, on the trade market. And you're getting Jared Vanderbilt who I think maybe it's just people are sleeping on him. haven't watched him. He's really, really good. Like I, I don't, it's, I don't know. It's
1: Walker Kessler is, is eclipsing Jared Vanderbilt. And that's, <laughs> sure. that's part of the, I mean, and that's yeah. part of that is Walker Kessler has been brilliant, but it's also meant that Jared Vanderbilt has gotten less attention. I mean, over the mm-hmm. summer, we were talking about how Jared Vanderbilt was the
2: piece Utah would refuse to move. And now yeah. so yep. he's he's available. Yeah. He's, he's very good. In, in um, the chat, it's, I've seen some people be like, if he's so good, why does Kelly Olenek start over him? Well, Kelly Olenek starts over him because she can't start Vanderbilt and Kessler together because they can't right. shoot. So you're not gonna you're not gonna squeeze the floor for your guards and marking it with having those two out there together. That's why they kind of don't play together very often. But it's not, it's got nothing to do with the fact that uh, you know, Kelly Olenek is a better player than Jared Vanderbilt, it's just roster balance.
1: Uh Vinny says Dallas had the better package. I'm okay with it, but what do you think the Lakers can pivot to now? Trent Jr. and Fred Van Vliet or the Utah package. Your thoughts on what's the best move? If you had to pick between you, let's say, and this is not reality, but Rob polinka has got two options sitting in front of him. Uh, Gary Trent Jr. And Fred Van Vliet for both the picks or the Utah package. What are you, what are you doing?
2: Probably do the Van Vliet and Trent one, Three. just cause I, I think that's higher ceiling. Yeah. Higher ceiling on that guys who've played in, in some pretty big games, especially Van Vliet. Um, then you're basically locking into you have to resign the two of them, but that's fine. That's not, you know, that, that's not a huge, huge issue there. So, yeah, i probably do that one. I want to touch on, can we, let's go back real quick to the better package part, because yeah. I think this is something folks are missing some, too, in this analysis on this of, like, like the Lakers portion of it is. I, I've been beating this from you know this because I say this all the time on front office show um and again if you guys are joining us from Lakers nation side please subscribe to front office show too we're gonna be going live trade deadline day but we're yep. I think we're gonna probably have a lot of shows this week breaking yes. stuff down yes we will. Um, you know might, might be a couple multi-show days coming too if if we need to but um I don't think teams necessarily see Lakers picks especially ones that far out as being like super duper valuable. The reason being is there's always a sense of they're the Lakers. They're, they're gonna figure it out. Even, I know they went through that down period uh, pre LeBron, but it's, but everybody goes through it and look what happened on the backside of it. They want a title. So there is the thought out there from teams of like, yeah, it's, it sounds great to hold the Lakers pick, but you want to hold it like today or like, five years ago when they were down, that's where you want to be holding it. Not necessarily five, six years in the future where, I don't know, they might be able to figure their way out of this very quickly and turn it right back into a contending team. Whereas with the Dallas side, my guess is for Brooklyn, you're very much thinking if this goes sideways and they can't get the right guys around Luca and Luca's like, all right, my patience has run thin here. We know how that goes and they blow it up. Like, and all right, well, now we're sitting on a great pick, right? Kind of kind of the mini version of what Boston did with Brooklyn, right? Of uh, It all went sideways, and we're sitting on all these great picks. So so that's, that's one part that I think gets a little bit missed I'm not saying the Lakers first have no value. I'm not saying that by any means. I just think it's not – we talk about this all the time on the show. Not all firsts are created equal. That's one of the ways not all firsts are created equal.
1: And if you're going to take a bet, if you're the Nets and you're going to place a bet on something – betting that things will go wrong with Kyrie Irving on a team that would be a winning bet so far
2: mm-hmm. with every
1: with every stop yeah. right especially so, six years from now yeah um Andrew said who else and that's not me saying Kyrie's bad right? like Kyrie's an incredible player but just that's that's just what the, what history has shown us is that at some point it's gone bad and things have gone south So if you're looking at an opportunity for maybe a pick to be more valuable, it's something you have to consider. Uh Andrew said, who are we gonna get that's gonna make us contenders? Either go all in or trade LeBron and AD. Mediocrity is worse than tanking.
2: Um well, let's think. start with LeBron can't be traded this year, so Correct. that's not not a thing. So that you know, and that's not a thing for many other reasons as well. Yeah. Uh same with AD, but I, I mean, I get it, right? I get the frustration of we're just we just spinning our wheels here chasing a play-in spot yes. right is that that where things are at it's it because it's hard to argue today that it isn't exactly where things are at so i yeah I, I like <laughs> i'm gonna shut up wgo here and he said uh lakers getting kevin durant in your face keith <laughs> okay <laughs> in my face <laughs> i love i love how quickly some people turn right back to like we're getting this star <laughs> we're getting the next guy <laughs> yep right <laughs> that When when is luca a free agent <laughs> right yeah i mean he's coming obviously too right yeah yeah this silly thing is nothing it wouldn't surprise me at all if that's how that
0: went you know
2: six years from now Hey, trust me, if I knew how I was going to go six years from now, but I, as much as I love you, buddy, I wouldn't be doing this here today. <laughs> oh, we would, <laughs> yeah,
1: I mean, we would we, we, do, we'd be going uh, a sports <laughs> almanac style. We'd <laughs> yeah, be, right? we'd be yeah. placing all the winning bets, and, and uh, I would
2: have a hoverboard and lace up shoes that my that I don't have to ever touch. Power <laughs> laces. <laughs> that's <laughs> Oh, it. God. That's like
1: ev- everybody under what 32 in our in our chat just <laughs> just when we have no idea what you're talking about come on um, people
2: have to come back to the future come
1: on i would it's,
2: i would hope it's a
1: scary world out there Keith. I it's know. a scary world
2: well hey we worked in our 80s 90s movie reference so, there we so, go well, well done by us we put that off the checklist hey can <laughs> we i mean i think we kind of talked t- talked like well what else are you going to do that make you contenders it's yep. depth moves now there's not another star yes. available on the market that we know of right now at the moment doesn't mean there won't be in the next couple of days it won't doesn't mean something won't happen that we're not expecting and maybe kd does turn around and say yeah here's the thing though if the lakers couldn't get the nets to trade them Kyrie with no leverage they're not going to get KD. It's just because the nets hold all the leverage there because he signed long-term. So they're, they're, they're just like they did over the summer. They're going to stare him down and be like, we do not like the offers we're getting like your option is either play or, or don't play. And Bobby Marks was tweeting about this with the sense of there's that thought Kyrie might sit out. You withhold your services for more than 30 days. You that's considered not finishing your contract, so that's you know how that all works. Now, people immediately will go to what happened with Ben Simmons. That's obviously something the team can overlook if they choose. That's what was chosen, and they moved on. That also would have been a whole fight because Simmons was was uh, you know presumably out for other reasons than just sitting out because of a trade request. Um, if we can go to, can we go real quick into a couple other teams that just re- real quick? Sure. They don't want to talk about some fallout here. The Clippers, uh, they yep. they were reportedly looking up for to a make point a guard run. Now. Right. Yep. So they're still in the market for a point guard. So I think if if you're you know if your a team that's looking to get point guards, whether you're Lakers fans or somebody, you think the Clippers are there. And I would think you know, hey, it's probably not the full super package they were going to send for Kyrie, but if they were willing to make a run at Kyrie. Why not make a run at Fred Van Vliet, Kyle Lowry, Mike Conley, whoever comes on the market with a slightly lesser package than what you probably would have offered for Kyrie. Um, I, I don't think we've talked enough yet about the Mavs side of this. So if we can just get into them a little bit here, I think...
3: you won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: This is going to be really interesting. We've seen what happens when you put two ball-dominant star players together in the past, James Harden and um, uh, Russell Westbrook. Mm-hmm. Kind of similar-ish here with the, I know I get it, you know, Kyrie Kinshue, uh component is very different, but uh, he's also a less willing passer than Russ is. So that's, you know, hey, I'm going to see that didn't really go great for Houston. Uh, Dallas has to figure out how they're going to get defenders on the floor. Best perimeter defender now on the team by far is Josh Green, uh, who's a second year. Really he's been good. Time. He's been good, but talk about an unproven yeah. guy as you head yeah, into a playoff series that's a you're asking a lot from yeah and their big rotation is messy 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 for defense purposes but offensively especially if Christian Wood sticks around I wouldn't be surprised now though if Christian Wood is flipped to rebalance a little bit more get -hmm. some defense on the floor do something a little different um there because I you know let's just see where that goes um but I think that's it's going to be interesting. They're going to score points uh, probably by the bunches. It's just going to be a little interesting. The good news now, if you're Jason Kidd, all 48 minutes, you can play with either Luca or Kyrie on the yeah. floor and not have to worry about the Because those non-Luka minutes are sometimes awful for Dallas. On the Nets side, Spencer Dinwiddie. I presume, as soon as he's back and ready, steps right in as the sport starting point guard. So They're we're familiar with one. him. Exactly. We're rewinding things a few years out there, but he you know obviously knows what he's doing and in, in Finney Smith's regret. I mean, they can put out if they really want to now a lineup of Durant and Dinwiddie as kind of your primary offensive engines with Royce O'Neill, Finney Smith, and Ben Simmons, that's a hard group to score on. Yeah, that or is or take Simmons off the floor and put Nick Claxton out there. You you're you're big, you're long, you're switchable like that's. That's tough, man. They're, they're, All three there's, and D. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's Just some really interesting boxing. stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's some interesting looks that Jock Vaughn can go to. And, obviously, he's been preaching, you know, defense. we got to get better on defense. And they've been playing pretty good defense since he's been there. And then, obviously, the last, he's not a t- team to himself. But we talked about it briefly. But what happens with Kevin Durant? Yeah. My guess is this is whether it's today, tomorrow, before Thursday – uh, he makes it known he's not happy there. I think we're in the last run of games for Kevin Durant as a Brooklyn net.
1: But there There is 0% chance, though, that the Nets did this deal without going to Kevin Durant and saying, sure. hey, we can get these guys. Do you like these guys for a shot? And it's and look, it's very possible. It got, look, I don't think it's going to come necessarily before Thursday, but it's possible Kevin Durant looks at Because I think it's going to take, even if the Nets right now Right, you get a, a massive group text, and, and Sean Mark says, "KD is on the block." Right, and everybody would respond by with the exclamation points and all that. Right, <laughs> um, even if you did that, I think it would take longer to sort through the offers and really settle on a good trade than we have time left before the trade deadline. Um, it's Unless coming, you're it's going. Faster.
2: Back to teams you maybe got semi sort of yes. close with at uh, right. over the summer. Then it's uh, hey, Phoenix is this still on the table? Well, what yeah, you know, well, what are we talking? Well, what do we think? Uh, you know, go back to Boston if you want to trade and say, hey, what are you thinking now? Mm-hmm. You know about Jalen Brown? Like, like where where are we at with that? So it it could be uh you know that that would be interesting. I tend to believe nothing happens with KD. That's Thursday. what
1: I'm thinking too. I, I'm thinking nothing happens and maybe it's something we're revisiting this summer. We'll dust yep. off the Kevin cannon again. Um, <laughs> yep.
2: But I, I, I do think we'll be, yeah, I, I think it'll be this summer. Cause I, even if Kevin Durant was like, fine, get what you got to get. Like, I'm, you know, like I'm done with this circus too. Like he doesn't want to be here. Let him go. Um, You know, move him along. I don't know that this is the deal. Cause one, Kevin Durant does not care at all about a twenty twenty nine pick. He's not going to be playing on the Nets in twenty twenty nine if he's playing at all, and I kind of doubt he'll be playing at all. Yeah. Um. So that party doesn't care about. So he's really looking at our Dinwiddie and Finney Smith guys. I feel like I can really make a huge run with now. They still have no cap flexibility, no cap space moving forward for the foreseeable future. So that's where I think Kevin Durant's probably like, "Yeah, we can be a playoff team here, but I want to go somewhere I can win." Like that. Right. That's my angle
1: uh co said robin genie did it again a lot of people are upset with the lakers front office on this one uh, let, 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 let's get into this so anthony says teams with owners who have the big bucks are out maneuvering the lakers a big red flag was letting caruso go my hopes are dashed for the future keith in terms of the the financial i know right that this the sky is falling but um World as smile, far smile as over here. as far as um the finances being part of this like Mark Cuban, by doing this deal and committing these kinds of resources for Kyrie, you would have to imagine he's willing to do that four year 200 million deal this coming summer. Like, is that is that safe to assume? Like, Kyrie's going to have quite a bit of leverage here in any kind of free agent negotiations with the Mavs in July. He can say, Hey, you guys just gave up all this stuff to get. Now, you mentioned they can have cap space, but still, you'd have to imagine the Mavs understand what kind of deal could be coming for them for Kyrie this summer.
2: Yeah, I, my guess is Mark Cuban is is content to do that. If Nico Harrison, for those who don't know, that's the Mavs uh, front office executive runs their basketball operations, and Jason Kidd are on board, and obviously if Luca's is on board, and all accounts are, Mark Stein said Luca was on board. Uh, Chris Haynes, uh, he he put a thing out there that was um, Kyrie is ecstatic about going to Dallas. So I. I think we're in a spot where like, we're okay. Like this is we're we're willing to do something, right? Like, like we're, we're, we're willing to go somewhere with him in an extension. I, 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 I don't, I think Mark Cuban may be kind of looking at it on the other side of the table being like, Hey, I'm a pretty confident guy myself and I can stare him across the table and be like, we'll go two years. And if it goes well we'll go two more years after that we'll just keep going two years i don't know that he's definitely going to say you know all right locked in four years this summer full max but maybe right and part right. of why Kyrie wanted to get traded versus hitting free agency is whoever he gets traded to gets his bird rights and yep. they can give him that bigger contract whether it's doesn't matter if it's a little shorter or if it is four or Five. If a team really wanted to go there um, with that he's, Obviously it's been made very clear There'll be no extension done uh, just tweet pretty much took that off the table um, yeah. It was might have gotten lost to some people Because it came in the middle of like Eight different people I have set up With notifications for tweeting um, But it was basically like There won't be an extension Everybody's just going to see how it goes So yeah, I mean possibly Let's go back though Teams with owners who have big bucks I mean yeah. Come on, we're not going to do this whole poor small market Lakers stuff. Like, let's, there are teams that it's, can outspend them.
1: It's yes. been a factor in their decision making, though. That's the, that's the that's is, the problem.
2: And that's the question is, should it be? Correct. That's so, and it I'm shouldn't gonna, be. You're, you're still exactly. what, the seventh you're the most valuable sports yeah. franchise
1: on the planet, that's something like seventh, eighth. Like, yes.
2: And I will say, well, if you guys not. want to look this up, I think all you need to do is Google Keith Smith. Celtics ownership rant locked on Celtics. I did a podcast with John Corrales where I went absolutely berserk about how cheap they were being uh, like a year ago. And I said, look, if you, if you don't want to spend, sell the team then. Because if you want to do if you want to be cheap, then sell the team. So I'm not going to give them an out on they don't have the big bucks. The que- if you want to question whether or not they're willing to spend, that's a whole other story. That's a whole other thing, and to me, that then becomes that's an ownership problem. But they have the money. They could have. They could have done whatever they wanted to do here. As far as this goes, the reality is, I don't think they had the best offer to make to go get Kyrie Irving. But the Caruso thing, yeah, that's one hundred percent true. And we talked about that at the time that that was nonsense that they let him go over such was, a pit terrible. you know, so you know, but I am not, you know, I don't think anybody, you know, trust me, I don't think uh, Orlando and Oklahoma City and Memphis are shedding any tears for the Lakers finances today. like let's let's be reasonable.
1: so if let's say, um and that's that's people responding to the report that the Lakers didn't want to do a four year 200 million deal for Kyrie. Um, sure. but I think there's but there's think more that's... there's more built into that than just hey we don't want to yes. spend. There's the risk factor
2: <laughs> yeah. of it's doing oh, it with Kyrie. Yeah. It's with, they...
1: it, it, it's it's with Kyrie, it's the risk factor of him leaving in free agency yes. and you and you and you left another, there yep. is a lot of risk built
2: into that. A lot. Yeah. yeah, if you could if they could trade for Stephen Curry today and his two hundred plus million dollars, even with him now having some kind of injury that I don't even understand what most of the words were in that injury update. Like I'm, I, it all sounds awful, but they're saying yeah. it might only be weeks. If the Lakers could trade for him today, they'd happily trade for him and spend sure. two hundred plus million. They would. That's that's not what the hesitancy was. The hesitancy was the Kyrie Irving portion of the the deal, not the money portion. Like it's not. Let's not get get too twisted around. That's not why they spent. It was it was because the Caruso thing. Hundred percent. That was being cheap. Yeah. this is not that like, let's, you know, I don't think, I don't think that's a fair criticism of Levy at the, the ownership in front office. So let, let me ask you this. Cause we've talked
1: about, okay, this is the fallout for the Mavs. This is the fallout for the Lakers. This is a fallout for the nets. You, you briefly mentioned the Clippers there. LeBron. Mm-hmm. Le, LeBron made it about as clear as he's going to without, without saying, go get Kyrie. LeBron. He much said, go get Kyrie, right? Like, I mean, that mm-hmm. was that was made pretty clear that he would like to get Kyrie Irving in the way that LeBron does. What does this mean for LeBron moving forward? Could this be potentially an issue between the Lakers front office and LeBron now? Like, is there going to be frustration there from, from him? Where do we go on that front?
2: Yeah, I think so. I, I, I think there's a chance he's sitting there today. Like, come on, what are we doing? Like, how 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 are we not getting... I'm not just going to say Kyrie, but how are we not getting these deals over the finish line and getting stuff finished to, to do stuff because yeah, Ruha Hachamore is fun and all, but that's not a, I mean, that's in, in, that was a fine move. That's it. And I've said all along, that's fine, but that's not a championship or bust kind of move, right? (laughs) Like that's just a, Hey, we rebalanced the roster. It was a good move for us. Uh, We, we, we didn't really give up anything of value to get him. Great. We're moving on with this. And, Good, but like I don't think LeBron, I don't think LeBron's like, oh yeah, we made the Rui move. (laughs) Like we're all good. Like I think it's probably like a my guess is there's going to be some whether it's public, I I don't think it'll be more than what we've already seen. Yeah, but there will be some very uh private pressure put on from LeBron. I think AD too, probably right behind him, of we got to do something. We we cannot let the Rui Hachimura move be all we did, and we sat this out. Because it's very clear, last year, I think LeBron fully got it. There was no trade coming that was going to save that season. And I think he was like, get it, fully understand, we're basically resetting as much as we can. This year, I think it's like, no, hey, in watching them play, even yesterday's game against Pelicans, as bad as it finished, They're not far away though. They're not like there's like, there's just like, get a couple more guys. Like like just a couple of the guys who see regular minutes, get them out of those spots, get a couple other guys in those spots. And all of a sudden these wins are these, you know, close losses are turning into wins. And now all of a sudden you're probably, I, I think it's out of the realm that they, I don't think they're going to make any kind of run at four or five six, maybe, but you're feeling at least good about get us in the playing tournament. We can play our way into the playoffs, but that's why, yeah, I don't think he's going to be content to say, all right, let's just sit it out like he was a year ago. And I mean, we're talking about one of the smartest basketball players we've ever seen. Well, also that translates over to, he gets it. So he's not He's If, if last season he was chasing a trade picks and all this other stuff to go get guys would have been like, well, this is stupid. Like all you're doing is, is making, you're going to win a few more games for no good reason. I, I think he's sitting there looking at it and saying, yeah, we got to be really, come really on. give us know, a push. Yeah. G- give us something here because the other thing those moves do too, is they right. left everybody else. Right. Because it's like, all right, yeah. they, they believe like we, we we're, we're, we're making this run. So yeah, I, I I'm with you. I think he's probably making a push for sure.
1: I think, and let me, let me address this one, you know, again, for people who have just come in here, um, Super chats, we're getting through them. We're going to do some of them. I'm also going to, because I know most of them are very Lakers focused. That's understandable. Um, and that's something that I will get to. I'm going to save all of them. I'm going to do a full Lakers Nation specific podcast tonight, and I will answer all of those. So don't don't worry if I'm not getting to your super chat right now. It's coming. I will save them. I'll put them all on a show tonight when I record the full Lakers Nation podcast. But I do have one here that I think is right in our wheelhouse, Keith. That's um cool. This is established. Said, does that trade? I'm assuming he means reset the market now. So I've I've spoken with some people around the league who were hoping that the Lakers trade for Rui Hachimura, where they only gave up second rounders instead of first, might do something to break the ice of the trade market where every team who had anyone available was demanding at least one first round pick for that player, whether that player is physically capable of playing basketball or not. It was, it was, no, we need a first <laughs> sure. round pick. Right. Yeah. Um, And so there was, some Trevor, you and trade. I
2: were valued at least at like top 40 protected seconds for a week. There. Yeah. For, for, okay. a there, yeah. for a little while there, a little while there, but that was, that, that was the valuation. Um, But
1: I don't know that that did that. What does the Kyrie trade given the return? What does this mean for the trade market at large heading into Thursday's trade deadline?
2: I, I think it. I don't know value wise that it resets all that much because I think think everyone is going to look at this and say, "All right, the Nets got what they could here," because of the leverage piece on this. But I think what it does now is we are in a spot where now stuff can move right. Nobody's waiting on are the Lakers going to do a Kyrie trade or not. Yep. If it was Wednesday and Kyrie hadn't been traded, you would have had. Lakers, Mavericks, Clippers. I think the Suns were one of the teams Everybody that mentioned. Everybody would have been like, oh, well, everybody's got to kind of wait on that. Unless Kevin Durant comes out tonight and says, I want to trade, which then would hold everything up again.
1: Oh, my God. i, I all, all yeah, hell right? would break
2: those. <laughs> I know. It would be absolutely bonkers um, with that. But I think we would be in a position where it would be I, – I think now it's, all right, we can start moving. We can pivot to other stuff, stuff that was on the table on – Friday morning before the Kyrie trade request came out. Hey, let's, let's go back to that. It, it, it's come blown out of the water, but OG and Anobi, right? Like that was a whole thing for like a day and a half that like Kyrie wants to trade. Let's forget everybody else. Cause that's just how it works. Superstars blow everybody else off the page with this stuff. So I think what happens now is we can reset a little bit. We can rebalance and go into a position where, Hey, let's regroup. Where were we at on that? All right. What do we think? I think to maybe some extent, it will become a little bit of, all right, you know, Kyrie only went for this, but I think other teams are to gap yeah, because the Nets had to trade him. Like I don't think Toronto's like, well, we can only get one first and you know a guy for OG. Now they're still going to hold to their guns on what they wanted of you know where we're not doing this. But I I do think. We'll start seeing more movement come. I don't know how much more will happen on a Sunday, like tonight. Right. But I think over the next few days, you know, have your notifications on for, for your newsbreakers because I think we're going to be getting some over the next few days all the way leading up to Thursday's deadline.
1: That was my thought as as well, was that, okay, I don't know that this changes a lot for, for the trade market itself because this is such a unique situation with, with Kyrie. Um, it would be different if Kyrie was a three and d wing on the last year of his contract and you know and went for one first round pick and a few seconds or something like mm-hmm. that
2: right like that that would matter that, that's not the situation here um, yeah we need a bogdanovich type yes. of trade where it's yep. bogdanovich goes for a single first. That then would be, all right, now the market has been set for what guys like that are going to get. Um, and, it, and I'm not saying that's what's going to happen because it sounds like Detroit is really uh, holding to, we need more than just a single first. We need the first and a player um, with that. But that that's what we need to see happen to really say, all right, the market has now been set and go. But I'll say this too. We're in a different place because there are so many contenders where teams might be like, I don't really care what the market is. If I feel like that is the guy for us to push us over the top, we'll make that deal anyway. And we'll live with what the fallout is and getting screamed and yelled at by people, you know, online because we feel convinced this is a guy for us. I I think there's some of that coming right now because it's just a very different uh, p- position that the leads in right now with so many contenders. If even in, we're not going to get into all the other news and stuff, we'll do that on tomorrow's show. Yeah. Like I wonder, like where does this kind of leave the Warriors now, right? Like because Dallas injury. just got better, right? And yep. Steph's going to be out for some amount of time. It's still very unclear, and like I alluded to before, that that injury, I don't fully understand what that means, right? Like like I don't really get you know what that is. But Steve Kerr said we're going to get him back. We're going to get him back sooner rather than later. Like that's great news, right? And hopefully that is uh You know the way this goes, but it doesn't. None of those boards in that injury release sound good. I'm sure I'll have to find and look them up later. I'm sure uh, uh, Jeff Stotts, who is at In Street Clothes on Twitter, absolutely valuable follow. um, You know because he really breaks down these things and how long guys can expect to be out. Sure, he laid it out with that, but yeah, I'll I'll definitely check that out. But yeah, man, we there. I I think what it has happened now is now it's going to be all right. Dallas loaded up in the West we got to load up now we got to go do something uh did you may have a couple of east teams are like oh the nets are kind of out of the mix boston doesn't look quite as scary as they did before yeah. milwaukee's older they've had some injury issues philly has injury issues every year maybe cleveland goes and makes some makes a move to make a run now or something like that well we'll see get where that all kind of comes together but it's i i think we're going to be in now for a pretty busy fun week and let's all agree collectively even though you and I will probably do this too. Let's not get to like Tuesday, like lunchtime on the East coast. And why like, was well, nothing happening? Yeah. Yep. Like we just had a massive, like, you know, trade that if this, if it happened Thursday morning, we'd all be like, ah, oh, the trade deadline, you know? So, you know, but, but the, I, that's I the effect that
1: we see in free agency too, though, where mm-hmm. it's like, if, if six hours go by without something crazy it's like, occurring, people start going, on? what is, what's yeah. going on? Where is all the, you know, all these moves. Oh, well,
2: would hand up Go ahead. <laughs> us too. Us two. Right? like we're we're in that right i, I get it so you know. um, that was a plea that was a very empty plea <laughs> when
1: when you say that there's going to be some teams that are looking at the trade market and looking at where they're at the standings and they just say we don't care what it costs we're going to get our guy i just in my mind like somewhere right now Danny Ainge is sitting doing Mr. Burns fingers yes. and saying excellent, Absolutely. right? Yes. Like he's yeah, this is this is a, a great position to be in if you are a seller on the market yep. right now, because somebody is going to give you too much for for these players. Some there is going to be at least one fleecing this trade deadline. I think we can say that uh with some with some confidence, given just the realities of the market. We'll see who, who that winds up being. But
2: <laughs> and if help. you could bet on it, it would be. Danny Ainge would be like, the oh battle. yeah. Like who does the fleecing, right? Like, yeah, like, yeah you, you 100% bet on Danny Ainge for sure with that. Yeah. I, 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 I mean, I can't wait anyway. Right. We love this time of year. We, we love this week. It's, you know, a lot of fun stuff happening and, you know, boy, did we just have a massive, you know, kind of unexpected domino, but the massive domino kind of fell. And, you know, I, I don't know, it's just kind of, you know, like walked in the middle of the room and just kind of, you know, blew the whole room up with like, Hey, let's, let's do this. Like this was crazy, but it, it is good. I will say that this happened today. I mean, more yeah. really, it was, was a was so roughly a two day window, right? It was Friday when he said it. And by Sunday afternoon, the deal was done. So, you know, and now we, we still haven't seen the announcements unless we tap them while we've been recording. Um, we haven't seen the announcements yet, but I assume, my guess is this will been- either get done uh later tonight or to the first thing tomorrow morning. Is, is
1: the league office even open right now to submit trades?
2: Uh generally this time of year they they do relax like their normal like transaction windows. Um, but I don't that's a good question. I'm not sure. Yeah. So, so this that, that, may that, be I'm a Monday.
1: Why?
2: You know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. This could definitely be be a Monday. So we'll we'll see, you know, where where that all kind kind of comes together. Um, with this so yeah man it's, whew, We get a lot and you know What the fun part for us too for the Next couple shows we'll get into A whole um, you know There'll be more rumors that are going to come out Around this Of you know, what do the Lakers do now what do the Clippers Do now what yes. do the Suns do What do the Nets do further what do the Mavs do further that's all going to come Out and we'll react to all that this week You know in our regular shows Um, Thursday Still figuring out exactly what time to to go live. um, We'll go live, though. probably be shortly after lunchish on the east coast we'll take you live right up to to the trade deadline um you know and then beyond because we 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 every year we say this we hope we get to four o'clock and we get a boge tweeting oh 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 lord or oh god or good, good lord good lord yeah good, good lord. lord that uh, was a fun tweet, year because there's you know so many things in the queue and trade's still coming out you know 4 30 and five o'clock but we'll 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 be there and you know damn we'll react to whatever happens live, break down whatever it happened earlier in the day, in the week and all that stuff. We'll have a whole lot of fun and, and do all those things. So I'm super excited and looking forward to that.
1: Um, so once again, if you are coming in just from, from Lakers nation, go check out the NBA front office show. Again, you can search us on YouTube, NBA front office, Uh, Keith and I break down the entire league five days a week, Monday through Friday, doing a little kind of special show here. And because this is Lakers related, we decided we put this on the Lakers nation channel as well. But again, those of you who submitted all these Lakers specific super chat questions, I am right now going through saving all of them. I'm doing the Lakers nation podcast tonight, and I will answer all the Lakers questions uh, tonight. I know we got into Lakers quite a bit in this show as well, but that's all coming. So if you submitted a super chat, thank you very much. Certainly appreciate it. Again, I'm not going to let those just just fade away or anything. We'll put them onto tonight's full Lakers Nation podcast, and we're going to answer all of those questions and talk even more Lakers-specific stuff. But I want to thank everybody for joining us. All of you came in from from YouTube, from Facebook, from Twitter. Uh, thank you, guys. This was, uh, this was a lot of fun getting to talk through this. I know it's not an easy uh, situation for, for Lakers fans. A lot of people upset. A lot of people frustrated. We're hoping to see Kyrie Irving with the lakers but just remember the trade deadline it's still not here it's coming up thursday we'll see what the front office can pull off before then oh keith i knew it going to costco was there i I guarantee right i guarantee you they waited they waited and they said mark cuban was sitting somewhere and he said
2: oh trevor just left he went to costco now mark mark button Yeah, he hit up his buddies at Apple and said, hey, I need the tracking data on Mm -hmm. Trevor's phone. Tell me when he's at the furthest point from his house, what he possibly can't turn around. He probably had his Costco spies. Like, how full is his cart? Is his cart too full? Does he have some frozen stuff? He can't really just leave. All right, he does? All right, go. Let's go. Let's make this trade. So, yeah. For, For me, guys, just for everybody knows, Monday through Wednesday, I do school pickup. I leave about two forty-five Eastern, so that'll be about when things will generally happen. This is a this is the time of year where I fear not only do I fear leaving the house, I fear like leaving the computer for you know p- periods of time with, with this and you know. But th- this is the best, man. This is a big part of why we love this time of year,
1: Keith. I just came across a super chat that's directed specifically at you, so let's get oh, to that. Uh- um, he said, "Hey, Keith, why didn't the Nets just do a sign and trade with Kyrie at the end of the season?"
0: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC.
2: Yeah, that's a good question. One, it gets super duper complicated there because you have to assume that that if you're doing a sign and trade that the Nets are interested in where he wants to go. The part that always gets forgotten in a sign and trade is the sign part of it. So it's not like the Nets could just sign and trade Kyrie to Charlotte. Uh, for you know Lamelo Ball and Gordon right. Hayward and call it good. Um, if Kyrie doesn't want to go there, he's not going to do that that deal to go there. So one, it would have involved where does he want to be. Um, and then the other part is the trade and what is the what are you getting back in the trade um, side of that for the net. So that that's that's one part. The other part is. There was very clear reporting that was kind of building starting Friday all the way into this morning. Chris Haynes had some stuff of Gary probably wasn't going to play for them again this year. So now what you're looking at is, hey, we're a pretty good team that's in the running, at least nominally, in the Eastern Conference. We get Kevin Durant back from injury. Are we just really going to punt on the rest of this year and say, hey, we'll make it work with a you know, 30 Six million dollar salary hole on our roster that at least we can fill something, and now Spencer Dinwiddie and Dorian Finney-Smith fill something. So that's why they they move now because there's no there's no guarantee it's going to be any better in the summertime. But that, that's a really good question. And I'm you know, a little surprised it took this long to come up, but really good question.
1: Yep. Yeah, that was why I wanted to address the one before we we sign off here. But again, thank you, everybody, for, for joining us. Make sure you are subscribing to the Lakers Nation YouTube channel as well. Lakers fans, turn on those notifications. We're going to keep you up to date with everything going on in the Lakers and their trade deadline, and then, of course, the NBA front office show. Same thing. Subscribe. Turn on those notifications. Keith and I are there. Monday through Friday, five days a week, bringing you all of the latest. And we're going to go live during the trade deadline itself, so you can come join us as we break down all the deals that come through. Till next time, everybody. See you, and stay safe.